right, it is the end of summer. It is a season of change. It is a shift as we begin to get back into our regular routines, even though some of you may not have children or grandchildren that are still in school. It's, it's funny how those things do kind of revolve around the school season. And so I would like to take just a moment and to pray uh, for this Labor Day weekend. For those of you that don't know, from Memorial Day to Labor Day is the 100 deadliest days of summer. And so uh, we just want to pray for those who are out picnicking on the lake and those kind of things that may be safe. But also as we enter this next season, as we have a shift in our schedule. So let's pray this morning. Father God, thank you so much for um, this weekend that is set aside to um, just celebrate the labor that we do each and every day. Father, I pray for those that will be getting together with family, that you'd keep them safe as they travel. For those who are on the lake and doing fun activities, Lord, we pray that you would keep them safe. And Lord, I pray as we enter this next season, as we prepare for fall, Father, I pray that you would prepare our hearts for what you would have us to do. Father, not as a, just as a church, but as individuals. Father, as we get back into that routine of life, help us to seek you First and foremost, Father, we thank you for seasons, Lord, of life, of ministry. Father, we thank you that you're there with us through it all. And so, Father, this morning we pray that you would just speak truth to our hearts and lives. Help us to connect the dots of our faith so that we may live it out, not to be seen, but so that we may have the peace that surpasses all understanding, that we may have your presence with us as we travel our earthly roads. Father, we just pray that you would be honored and glorified through the preaching and teaching of your word. Help us to take a next step towards you this morning. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So what are we celebrating on Labor Day? Right? Have you ever thought about that? I don't really know that I have. I know that it's always just a time that comes around every year and people are excited because they get to take off. And I don't know that I've ever necessarily thought about Labor Day before, right? Like I said, it's just a time that people take off. My sister has a birthday around Labor Day. Uh, I know it's like a, the beginning of school, but why? What is significant about Labor Day, right? It is a day set aside for us to pay tribute to the contributions and achievements of American workers. And it originated during one of the most dismal chapters in American labor history. You see, in the late 1800s, at the height of the Industrial Revolution, the average American worked 12-hour days and seven-day weeks in order to eke out a basic living. And so despite restrictions in some states, children as young as five or six told in mills, factories, and mines across the country earning a fraction of their adult counterparts' wages. People of all ages, particularly the very poor and the immigrants, often faced extremely unsafe working conditions with insufficient access to fresh air, sanitary facilities, and breaks. And so what happens when people are oppressed, when people 
have issues, what? They began to make that known. And so there were strikes that took place, and people began to take notice. And the idea of a working men's holiday was created the first Monday in September. And it was started by several industries and eventually called on in others. And Congress passed legislation. And for now 120 years, we take the day off from our labor. Right? Like as I was preparing for this message and I was wrestling with the notion of labor, as you see in your bulletin this morning, that is this morning's message title is labor. I was like, why do we celebrate Labor Day? I never thought about that. I never knew those particular facts. But as we've already mentioned too, Labor Day came to symbolize or has come to symbolize the end of summer for many of us. And it's celebrated with parades and picnics. That's my kind of people. People like to eat. So I say all that to say this. That's where we find ourselves, right? That's where we find ourselves this weekend. I don't know that I've ever thought about any of those things, about the unfair working conditions of past generations and why it came to exist. You see, that's one of the things that happens a lot of times is there are things that happen in history, and unless we study history, we often repeat it, right? We, we, we fail to remember, right? 124 years they've been celebrating Labor Day. Well, I don't, I, many of us don't even know why we celebrate it. We just know it's a day off on our calendar for most of us. So what does the Bible have to say about our labor? If you will, take your copy of God's Word and turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. As you're turning there, remember Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. The church was divided and Paul is urging them to work together. He's trying to correct their thinking and their theology. And so 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we're going to look at just one verse this morning. Verse 15. It says this, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Listen, this is the portion of the verse that we're going to hunker down on this morning. Knowing that in the Lord... Your labor is not in vain. This verse has special meaning to me. It's my life verse. Maybe one of these Sundays I'll get around to to speaking and to preaching and teaching about a life verse and why it's important to have one. But I memorize this particular verse in the New Living Translation. And it says this, so, dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Right? I keep going back to that, and I have to write it. I write it down sometimes, and there are times when I want to give up or that I want to turn and go a different way, and, and I have to stare that verse in the face, and I write it down, and the Lord just reminds me, be immovable. Be strong. Work enthusiastically. But I want you to know this morning, if you hear nothing else, that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Paul says, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. So let's begin to break down the latter half of this verse. Knowing in the Lord. 
knowing in the Lord. John 8, 31 through 32. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide, if you remain in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Friends, this morning you can't say you don't know anymore. That's why it's kind of somewhat dangerous to come to church. Is because as we preach and teach, and you sit under the preaching and teaching of God's Word, you can't say that you don't know anymore. You see, this isn't some good word from a preacher. It's a good word from the Word. And so there must be accountability and we must hold each other accountable. So Paul is saying, no, no, no what? Know that your labor is not in vain. Labor. Paul tells the church earlier in 1 Corinthians 3, 9, he says, for we are God's fellow workers, right? If we're going to be workers, then there means that there's what? That there's labor, there's work to be done. We are God's fellow workers. We are called to be working alongside God for His glory and so that His kingdom might be manifest on earth. As I was preparing this morning's message, I remember a song that I've shared with you since I've been here. And it's a song called Do Something by Matthew West. Listen to the lyrics of this song. I woke up this morning, saw a world full of trouble now, thought, how'd we ever get so far down? And how's it ever going to turn around? So I turned my eyes to heaven and I thought, God, why don't you do something? Well, I couldn't bear the thought of people living in poverty, children sold into slavery, the thought disgusted me. So I shook my fist at heaven, said, God, why don't you do something? He said, I did. I created you. If not us, then who? If not me and you, right now, it's time for us to do something. Right? We, we want to go to God and say, God, why don't you do something about this? This problem or this need. And I think, and I'm thankful for the song because God is saying, I did. I created you. It's time for us to put feet in action to our prayers. I'm not saying that we take prayer out of the equation. No, by any stretch of the imagination, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying we are to pray. And then as God, as the Holy Spirit speaks truth to us, we have to move. We have to get outside of our comfort zone. We have to go into places that we don't necessarily want to go. Or into conversations that we don't necessarily want to have. So this morning, speaking of working for the Lord, I want you to check your labor. I'm not asking if you're having contractions. Hopefully many of you are not. But I want you to check your labor. And I want you to think back on the five W's and an H that you learned in English. Right? 
The five W's and H. Who? Who are you working for? Right, I have a friend of mine, Mark Champagne, that's the executive director of United Ministries. He told me a story one time. He said, Chris, I used to work for a Maxway. And though my check, when I got it, said it came from Maxway, I was working for the Lord. Right? Do you see your job as that? Do you see your paycheck as that? It might be coming from ABC company, but you're working for the Lord. So who are you working for? Secondly, I ask you, what are you working for? Right? Are you working simply for a paycheck? When are you working? Are you working all the time? There's more to life than work. Where are you working? Friends, where you're working, that's your mission field. You're going to interact with people that I will never interact with. You will interact with people that other people in this building will never interact with. I'm going to pick on Jimmy for a minute. With what Jimmy does in his particular business, he is going to meet and interact with people that I will never probably meet. Right? That's his mission field. As he goes out, that's his mission field. And why? Why are you working? Are you working because you have to or because the Lord allows you to? And lastly, how are you working? Are you giving your best? Are you giving an honest day's hard work? Are you just doing enough to get by? So the five W's and a H. Who are you working for? What are you working for? When are you working? Where are you working? Why are you working? And lastly, how are you working? Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Proverbs 13.4 says, The soul of a sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. 2 Thessalonians 3.10-12 for even when we were with you, we would give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies. Hmm. Now, such persons we commend and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. Proverbs 14.23 In all toll there is profit, but mere talk tends only to poverty. So Paul says, know that your labor is not in vain. Is not in vain. Paul is speaking here metaphorically of endeavors, labor, and acts which result in nothing. He's speaking of the vain, of the fruitless, and without effect. He's refuting those things, so he's using that metaphorically. He's refuting those things, and he's saying, with Christ your labor isn't in vain. It isn't fruitless. It isn't without effect. Even though you may not see fruit, even though you may not see results, keep preaching, keep teaching, keep Loving, keep nudging, 
keep guiding and keep pointing others to Christ. Right? Just because you don't see results doesn't mean that you stop working. You stop sharing. As I share with you this morning, two people took a next step in their walk with Jesus because somebody shared a Facebook post. You see what I'm saying? When people say social media is of the devil, yes, it can absolutely be that. There's so much ill will and backbiting and bickering that happens on Facebook. You're, you're not going to save someone through Facebook. You're not going to usually sway their opinions. But use your social media for Jesus. Use it to pass along nuggets of wisdom. Use it to pass along useful information that can help people. Somebody did, and two people now are a part of a small group taking a next step in Jesus and learning and growing together. They're doing what Jesus intended us to do. That's to learn and to grow together. Learn and grow from one another. To have conversations. To pray for one another. To study and to talk about how we might live out His Word. You may never see the fruit of your labors, but keep on keeping on for Jesus. Friends, when you do the right thing for the right reason and for the right person, that's Jesus, don't let anybody tear you down. When you're doing the right thing for the right reason for the right person, don't let anybody tear you down. As you go and you take a stand for Jesus, the attacks will come. The backbiting will come. The gossiping will come. Right? Keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't let that persuade you. Don't let that stop you from doing what God has called you to do. Friends, celebrate the small wins. Right? Celebrate the small wins in your life. You might not see the big picture, but celebrate the small wins. We celebrated this morning the small groups. Celebrate whenever you invite someone to church and they come. Celebrate the fact that someone might be open to talking about God, that they might come to you and say, Hey, brother so-and-so, hey, sister so-and-so, will you pray for me? Right? When you live out your faith before men... Let them see Jesus. Let them see something worth aspiring to be. Not just yourself, but point others to Christ. And you'll be amazed. People that you don't even think are interested will come to you. I heard this week in our small group that someone was having a conversation. They were going through a difficult... This person was going through a difficulty and that person just got to have a conversation with them in their workplace. Right? It's not foreign. It's not odd. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to know what to say. Just listen. Say, well, I don't know the answer to that, but I'll, I'll pray about it. Let me see if I can find an article that might help you. Right? So, in essence, this morning, this Labor Day weekend, I want you to know, as Paul is saying, know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Right? Know that your labor in the Lord and for the Lord is not in vain. So how can you live out these verses? How can you live out this verse in your life? I want to give you an acrostic this morning to help you remember how to live this out. So acrostic, our simple word this morning that we're going to use is labor. Is labor. So the L. As we labor, we need to love we need to listen, 
And we need to laugh. Right? It's okay to laugh. Matthew 22, 36-39. They asked, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And He said to them, You shall love the Lord your God, listen, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Friends, that's your entire being. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. A lot of times we go out and and try to work and love like Jesus, but we forget to listen. We forget to listen. James 1.19, Jesus' half-brother, he says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen. Slow to speak. And slow to become angry. And we can even have a little fun while we're working for Jesus. Amen? Bildad, when speaking to Job in Job 8.21, he says, He will yet fill your mouth with laughter and your lips with shouting. The psalmist in Psalm 126, 1-3 says, When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream." Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. So not only should we love well, not only should we listen well, we shouldn't be able, we shouldn't be afraid to laugh and to have fun while laboring alongside the Lord. 1 Corinthians 4, 12-13. And we labor working with our hands. But listen, as I was studying and I ran across this verse, keep reading. As you're studying God's Word, keep reading, keep studying. Because listen to what he says next. He says, and we labor working with our hands. When reviled, we bless. When persecuted, we endure. When slandered, we entreat. As you labor for Christ, remember this, Galatians 6, 9, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. A. A is for agenda. Check your agenda. What are you doing and who are you doing it for? Why are you doing it? Are you advancing God's agenda or your own? Another A, acknowledge. Acknowledge. We have to acknowledge who we're working for. And there's a third A. We are called to be ambassadors. We're called to be ambassadors. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16 through 20. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though once we once regarded Christ according to the flesh. We regard Him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to Himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ. 
God was reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them, but entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making His appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Verse 21, For our sake He made Him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ. Friends, if you are a child of God, you are an ambassador. You are an ambassador for Him. How are you representing Him in the marketplace? How are you representing Him in your home? How are you representing Him in your social circle, in your sphere of influence? But don't miss the point that Paul's telling us. We were given the gift and the ministry of reconciliation. That's simply restoring friendly relations between God and man. We're on a mission When God gave us the Great Commission, He told us to go and to make disciples, baptizing them, right? That go, it's as you are going. It's not just for some of us, it's for every one of us who have accepted Christ as our Savior. We are an, an ambassador. Are you representing the kingdom well? I'm not saying that you won't have problems, that you won't have fears, that you won't have doubts, that you won't have struggles. I'm not saying that. We all do. But we've got to push forward and realize that we have a job to do. There's work to be done. So the B in labor is for balance. Balance. Ecclesiastes 4, 4-6. through 6. Listen to how the Amplified... Translation gives us this passage. I've seen that every effort in labor and every skill in work comes from man's rivalry with his neighbor. This too is vanity, futility, false pride, and chasing after wind. Get a picture of that. Have you ever tried to chase the wind? The fool holds his hands together and consumes his own flesh, destroying himself by idleness and apathy. One hand full of rest and patience is better than two fists full of labor and chasing the wind. Listen, we must have a work-life balance. You can't work all the time, nor can you play and relax all the time. There's a time to work And there's a time to relax. There's a time to rest. O. O is for opportunities. Are you looking for opportunities? Are we praying for opportunities? And lastly, are we taking advantage of the opportunities that God sends our way? I can't stop talking about it enough, right? God placed on my heart as I was beginning to come here, God, how can we reach out and bless our community? Oh, Schools, that's a great place that you can bless people. Okay, Croswell, go to Croswell. All right, great. Throughout the challenge, you guys, you gave $484. What? God opened a door. We had an opportunity. And we as a church walked into that and said, we're here just to bless you. We want to give you this card so that you can buy school supplies or buy gas or buy Oreos to relieve, you know, stress relief at the end of the day after teaching all these knuckleheads. I don't know, whatever. 
But we, we, we walked into that opportunity. Colossians 4, 2 through 6, we we're told, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray. Pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. That's Paul writing this while he's in prison. That I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Listen, verse 5. Walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of time. Let your speech always be gracious. Let me repeat that. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Are we praying for God to open doors? And when He opens them, are we walking through them? Are we walking through them collectively as a church? And are we walking through them as individuals? R. R is for rest. Exodus 28-11. through 11, One of the Ten Commandments. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you, your son, your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, or your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Friends, find time to rest. Sunday afternoon is my time to rest. It's a good time for a nap, too. As I get older, I enjoy my nap time on Sunday afternoon. So, as we begin to kind of close out our time together this morning, I want to talk about earlier this summer, I experienced something I never dreamed I would experience. That is, for five generations, my family had lived and worked, and played, and done business on 15 South, on North Main Street. Grandfather passed away a few years ago. My grandmother passed away last year. And so my uncle decided to sell all of our businesses. Five generations of my family had served people in that community. And so it's no longer ours. And so I went with my kids and we were getting a few things out of my old office. And I was asked to turn in my keys. And so I turned in my keys and I began to walk the property. And it was just a beautiful time with my children. Because I remember flying a kite in the field where most of our businesses are now before there was anything there. As we built one business, it was a mini storage place. I remember riding my bike in and out of the the, you know, as they were pouring the concrete slab and before they put up the walls. I have a lot of great memories, right? Because it was just what I knew. But I'll never forget, y'all, somber moment, walking through the property with my children, kind of one last time before it's not ours. My kids said, Dad, take a picture of that. And at the outside, if you were to pull up to our business and pull into the parking space or pull, you know, to go into business, right there in front of you, on the back of the sign on the front, it had the hours, but on the back, 
As you pulled in, it said, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. And in that moment, God reminded me of something. I'm going to share with you in a second. But He reminded me of a line of a poem I'd heard. And that is, only what's done for Christ will last. So in that moment, I tried to remind my dad, Dad, you should be proud of our family and what's been accomplished. But these buildings and this property, they're wood, hay, and stubble. That doesn't make it any easier. But we used it and the proceeds from those businesses to bless others, to give to the ministries that we were a part of. So that's, that poem that I mentioned is portion of it. It's, written, it's called Only One Life by C.T. Studd. It says this, Two little lines I heard one day, traveling along life's busy way, bringing conviction to my heart, and from my mind would not depart. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Friends, keep working. Keep loving. Keep dreaming. Keep discipling. Keep planting seeds. Your labor is not in vain. As we talked about this morning, labor. L-A-B-O. Are love, listen, laugh. We need to be about advancing God's agenda. We need to acknowledge who we're really working for. We need to be ambassadors. Go, tell, live it, and talk about what Jesus is doing in your life. Point others to Christ. Strive to find balance in your walk and in your work and in your life. And we need to be praying and looking for opportunities. And when opportunities present themselves, we need to take advantage of them. And lastly, find time to rest, relax, and renew your bodies and mind. Knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Let's pray. Dear Gracious and Heavenly Father, thank You so much for calling us to be fellow workers with You in Your kingdom. God, thank You as You save us that You call us to be ambassadors for Christ. So Father, I pray, someone here this morning who's been working and wanting to give up, Father, I pray that You reminded them that their work, that their labor, that their prayers, that their conversations, that what they're doing for You does not go unnoticed and it is not in vain. Father, help us to love well. Help us to lead well. And Father, help us to rest. Help us to be a vessel of hope and encouragement, of truth, of life. Help us to be used by You to bring glory to You, to point others to Jesus so they might find the hope and the peace that we experience as we run after You as we spend time with You, as we study Your Word. Father, help us to work well. Father, we pray now as we 
spend this time closing out in song, in a, a, a song of invitation. God, stir within our hearts what you'd have us to do. Remind us of the difference that we've made when we work for you. Father, we just pray that you would have your way in our hearts and lives. For it's in Jesus' holy and precious name that I pray. Amen.